Um, but I think as a, as a society, as a race, as a humanity, I mean, we are exhausted, I would say. Yeah. Uh, trauma is the right word for it. I tend to think. Um, so why not start a new church? Uh, <laughs> it feels, I don't know. Is this the wrong time or the right time? I, mean, I don't know. Like it just, it feels like a, the wildly the wrong time to start a new church, Some, anything new at this point, like, hey, how about you leave your old church and like any, any normality that you did have, let's just erase that. And so, but then on the other side, it really feels like the right time, I feel, yeah. It's like, okay, there, there's something new happening. Um, maybe God is doing something new. Um, and so we jump in on the ride. Um, uh, whether you have found an introvert's heaven in isolation or you've, like me, been extra and like just chomping at the bit to get back to life, um, we have not been grounded for a long time. We're going to look at Revelation 21 and 22. Revelation 21 and 22 is this vision of a future, uh, a future in which Jesus reigns. Uh, there is a new city which is actually where we stole the name for our church. <laughs> it's not original. Um, there's, a, there's a new city arrives. Uh, and as we reflect on this true new city, uh, that is the one which Jesus reigns in, uh, I want us to take that and find a few things that I've been reflecting on this week that I'm just finding so grounding. Uh, they take me back to earth. They take me back to the important things and say, hey, chaos can reign, but it doesn't have to. Uh, and that's what I'm looking forward to. So I'm going to throw it over to Thomas, who's going to read for us. Um, it'd be a good idea if you have phones or devices or hard copy Bibles even. I don't have one. Um, hard copy Bibles to pull those out. Oh, it is. Look at that. Seen one of these? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, over to you. So we're going to start at twenty-one, chapter 21, verse 1. Uh, I'm going to read for a bit, and then I'm going to skip a bit, and I'll explain why at some point. Uh, and then I'll start up again, and we're reading through to chapter 22, verse 5. So, get ready. <clears throat> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Now the old earth, uh, the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with, live with them and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. And the one sitting on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. And then he said to me, Write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, It is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt, murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshippers, and all liars, their fate is in that fiery leak. 
this is the second death. Now I'm just going to skip a bit because we have some really beautiful descriptions, but it goes for a while. <laughs> so we're going to go down to 22. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. The nations will walk in its light and the king, kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honour into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, crystal as a clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It flowed down the centre of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and of the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night, there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun. For the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Um, there is so much in that passage, isn't there? Um, you could just spend weeks and weeks just unpacking it, thinking about the implications of it. It's this picture of um, the new creation, the new heavens and the new earth. Um, and there, there's just a few things that I want to pull out um, that... I think will shape New City Church uh, for this first season, but New City Church on into the future. Um, uh, and, and what I want to do is ground, especially the next couple of months, because I, I have been chatting with a bunch of you as the weeks have gone by, uh, and there's just a bunch of, uh, what is it, anxiety, uh, trepidation, uncertainty. Like, what, what does actually starting a new church look like? What does that actually mean to start a new faith community. So what I want to do is uh, reflect on Revelation 21 and ground it and say, okay, well, these are, these are the practical things that we'll be doing. But more importantly than that, here's the why. This is, this is where we're heading uh, because the true new city, the new heavens and the new earth, that new Jerusalem is such a stunning picture that we get to be a part of. Uh, and so that, that's where we're heading. Now, the first thing that I want to point out, and it's kind of stating the absolute bleeding obvious as we read through these chapters, is that Jesus is shown to be the ultimate victor. Uh, Jesus is the one who has claimed total victory over all things. Um, uh, he says to me in 21 verse 6, it's done. Uh, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I am the one who was and is and will be for all eternity. I'm the one who creation was made for, by whom and through whom all things were made, it says in Colossians. Uh, that's what creation was, the old creation. And now here we are in the new creation and I'm the one ushering it in. How, how awesome am I? Like, it's that kind of, that kind of vision of Jesus. Um, uh, in musical terms, it's as though the barricades are being wiped away because the revolution is finished. Classic. 
Um, it's as though um, the, uh, the curtain on the old creation is going down and we as the audience are gobsmacked by what is taking place on this stage. And we're just chomping at the bit, sitting on the edge of our seat, ready to give a standing ovation that is going to last on into eternity. Uh, that's, that's the kind of excitement. The, um, the person of Jesus, the God-man, is claiming his rightful throne. Uh, and as that happens in this point, it's like he's doing his victory lap. Um, and he's ready to stand on the podium and we're ready to worship because death has been defeated. Um, that chaos that we've lived through in 2020, uh, it is no more. Uh, it's gone. Sin has been dealt with. Uh, that, that separation that we have felt and uh, for some of you, you felt it amongst the church, and it's so painful. Separation between humanity, separation between God, separation with creation, that separatedness that has stopped us from actually living lives of peace and in community with one another. Uh, all of those screw-ups that I have been carrying around, uh, they're gone. They're, they're defeated. Uh, Satan, the devil, has been gotten rid of. Uh, in every way, Jesus, the lamb who was slaughtered, is now claiming the absolute victory. Uh, and there's this glorious moment where he now ushers in the new city. Um, so a roadmap for New City Church over the next couple of months. In some ways, it's really simple. Uh, we're just going to keep looking at Jesus. Uh, we're going to keep gathering, kind of like this. Um, sometimes we'll do communion, um, in which time we'll focus on Jesus. Sometimes we will sing songs where it's appropriate and sensibly and safely, uh, and they will focus on Jesus. Uh, we will gather together in Bible studies and community groups. Uh, through the week, we'll have meals together, and we will talk about Jesus. Uh, because Jesus is the victor. Uh, Jesus is what it's all about. Uh, he was the one who was and is and is to come, the Alpha and the Omega. And there was a time that I realized I didn't just think Jesus was true historically. Uh, there was a moment when I realized that actually I want Jesus to be true. And there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Um, there's thinking, okay, I have to follow Jesus because, yep, he's true and he's God and da da da. Then there's a moment of realization to say, wow. I, wa I want Jesus to be my savior. I want Jesus to be my God because the vision that we get of this Jesus is so utterly all enthralling. Gosh, I just want him. Um, and so New City Church, um, we're just going to keep pointing each other to Jesus. And the glorious reality of that is that he's the victor. We're not. We don't burn ourselves out trying to be the church for everyone. Uh, we don't put in hours and hours and hours running a treadmill thinking that we have to save people. Not how this works. Um, we just get together um, and proclaim Jesus is good news. There's a great rest in that, isn't it? That we have the pressure taken off. Um, so there you go. There, there's roadmap number one. The next few months, if you're confused about what we're going to be doing, think this. 
uh, we're going to be looking at Jesus, reminding each other of that. Um, the next one. In the new city, uh, oppression is over and justice has arrived. Uh, justice in the new city is complete. 21 verse 4. Um, there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things, uh, that old order of things, it's passed away. That old order that gave rise to mourning and crying, it's, it's finished. Um, in the ancient world, cities, the concept of a city, it stood as uh, a refuge. The city was the place that people would run to if they were in danger. And so there were these huge gated communities back then and people would flee to them. One, to flee the wilderness uh, if they were at risk in the, the desert or the wilderness. And two, if they were at risk from enemies outside. And they could actually flee into these cities and the cities were guaranteed safe havens. Once you were in the city, you were protected. Um, in verse 25, we see this stunning reality. The gates of this city... Are what? The gates of this city are never shut. Whereas once upon a time, come nightfall, they would shut the gates. And if you're in the wilderness at that point, you're stuck out there. But the gates to this city are eternally open because this city is the true refuge. This city is the place that you can flee to and find a sustenance find safety. That old order of things that, uh, that perpetually embedded danger into society, it's gone. It's finished. Um, chapter 21, verse 6. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Now that was Thank you for reading it for us. <laughs> that was a good deep voice, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, <laughs> um, notice that it doesn't say, um, to the wealthy, I will give water. Uh, it doesn't say, to the well-off, I will give water. Um, it doesn't say, to the educated, I will give water. It doesn't say, to the white person, I will give water. It doesn't say to the straight person, I will give water. It doesn't say to the middle-aged person, I will give water. Jesus will give water to the thirsty, to those who come into this city and say, I seek refuge. That old order of things that mark boundaries, that established other people as threats, uh, that alienated, that scapegoated, uh, that old order of things is passed away. Because in this scene that we have, all nations, all peoples who call on the name of Jesus stand before the throne of God and all are seen for what they are, as creatures imbued with dignity and worth. People who will live for eternity because God wants them to live for eternity. Because he desires them. Uh, there is this stunning equality in this new creation. Uh, it is for all. 
So a roadmap for New City Church over the next few months. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what this will look like practically because it's up to us. It, it, like we, we can kind of throw out suggestions, but ultimately it's a team effort. Um, but what you can be sure of is that over the coming months, we will be putting in systems and practices that ensure that all people are treated equally. Not just in this space, but we will radically be trying to actually shape the world in that way. Um, to say, no, all, all humans are created with dignity and worth, and all who call on the name of Jesus will be saved, regardless of race, gender, sexuality, or all of those things that seek to divide us. And so the question is, uh, how do we, both as individuals and as a corporate, as New City Church, act in ways that are anti-racism? Uh, in ways that are anti-misogynism? How do we engage in the world, um, in a world where ecological justice is only just being started? Uh, just, just being started? Uh, how, how do we engage in that space? How do we engage in systemic po uh, poverty to alleviate it? Uh, or at a, in a season where we know that there are more slaves today than there ever have been? In history. What, what do we do as, as a corporate, but also as individuals? And all of this is based in the premise that in that new city, none of that will exist. Yeah. None of that will exist. And so as new city, as a church, we have to start acting like that. We have to start bringing the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Um, we start calling Jesus, let your reign be here amongst us. How do we do that? Um, I don't know what that will look like in our context. Uh, no doubt it's going to be many and diverse. Uh, but I know it will be corporate together and it will be individual. Because the challenge from Revelation 21 and 22 for you as an individual is how are you starting to live today in light of the new creation? Uh, in light of what God is going to do. Uh, so in that new creation, we see that Jesus is victor. In that new creation, because Jesus is victor, we see justice is complete. Uh, and finally, uh, in that new city, uh, the community of humanity finds healing. The community of humanity finds healing. Look at 21 verse 3. Look! God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Uh, this is a reference to Genesis. So at the very beginning of the Bible, Genesis 1 and 2, it sets it up that, G that God is present amongst Adam and Eve, those first two people. And the image that we get is one of Shalom. Is that, have people come across that concept? It's this stunning concept of, well, it's all sorts of things. It's peace. Uh, it's the absence of stress. Uh, it's balance. Um, it's being at one with creation uh, and being at one with God. It, it's this whole concept of shalom. And, and it's summed up in this word, uh, dwelling. Dwelling. God dwells amongst the people all through scripture uh, do it sometime 
Look at the word dwelling throughout scripture. And constantly, it's this idea that God is stepping forward to be with humanity. But constantly, humanity just has a way of just pushing God away. Uh, time and time and time again. Um, and then you kind of, you know, the penultimate climax is in Jesus as he dwells with humanity and lo and behold, we push him away. Um, but then comes this chapter. And finally, for eternity, God is dwelling with humanity. And wherever God dwells, goodness goes forth. Uh, goodness goes forth. Um, and so in chapter 22, verse 1, the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the lands. This idea that coming out of God is this river. Coming out of God is this life source that's going to feed this new city. Down the middle of the great street, in verse 2, uh, of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life. Genesis 1, 2, 3, we're picturing that. Uh, stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. There's a there's plentiful harvest, uh, enough for all. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Gosh, that is a powerful picture. Uh, coming out from the very nature of God is his river. And lining that river is his tree of life. And the leaves of that tree, that bountiful tree, are for the healing of the nations. Uh, God, we could do with some healing of our nations right now. Uh, it's important to note um, that this isn't the kind of homogenizing of humanity. It isn't uh, assimilation of all people into one. Uh, it isn't removing race by making all one without, without distinction. Uh, in 26 of chapter, uh, of chapter 21, we see um, the glory and the honor of the nations are brought into it. Um, in other words, it's the difference between the nations, the difference between people that are brought into this new creation and they're celebrated. Um, they're celebrated. And the idea is uh, there is this stunning diversity, but this glorious unity. As all who stand before the throne of God are just gobsmacked by the victor, uh, by Jesus, who sits on the throne. So a roadmap for the next little while for New City Church, as we think about what does it mean that uh, the nations and the community of humanity as a whole finds healing? Uh, well... This must be a place of healing. If the presence of God brings healing, then this, what we're creating here as the New City Church, it must be a place of healing for people. Now I know that a whole lot of people in this room have been burnt by the church a whole lot of times. Uh, it's three years ago that I resigned from my old church as a pastor. Um, and the pain that I felt at being cast out from that community, there are seriously deep wounds. Uh, and I know that I haven't experienced full healing in that just yet. Um, my expectation, my hope, and my prayer is that coming to New City, there will be a portion of healing for me. 
um, the healing that I need. Um, and I know that there are stories like that that are reflected constantly in this room. And it's not just pain caused by the church, it's pain caused by living in a world of chaos. Um, it's exhausting. And so we, in this little ragtag bunch of people, as we gather together, barely know each other. Um, we expect God's presence. And because we expect God's presence, we expect healing. Anything less, and I will be severely disappointed. <laughs> uh, practically, what does that look like? We'll meet together on Sundays. Uh, we'll do just this. Uh, we need to commit to one another. Uh, we need to commit to being community. Uh, there is no shortcut for community. Um, it's just time spent together. Quality time spent together. Uh, we will have meals together. We'll go down to the pub after this. Anyone who can join us. Uh, we will be catching up over coffee in groups of twos and threes and fours. We'll be doing Bible study. Uh, we'll be sharing our living rooms with each other. We will ensure that when one of us stumbles, there is a group of us there ready to catch them. And we will make sure that when things are going really well in somebody's life, the rest of us are there to celebrate uh, and cheer that person on. Uh, as a team, uh, we have to make sure that we are constantly looking out for those around us and those outside us. Um, because we're not the only broken ones here. Um, there are plenty of people in our city that need healing. And I trust that God's presence is amongst us. Um, so we will be looking outwards. So we know, uh, as we look forward to the true new city, uh, the, the new heavens and the new earth, uh, when a loud voice comes from the throne and says, Look, God's dwelling place is now amongst the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and he will dwell with them. Uh, we know that... That's where we're heading. Uh, and so our church and us as individuals, we start reflecting that. Uh, we start living as though Christ truly is the victor. We worship him. We start living as though justice is a good thing that we should be pursuing constantly and tirelessly because of Jesus. Uh, and we start expecting and looking for healing uh, amongst us. That, that's my prayer. Um, that's my prayer for this church. Uh, that's why I'm excited for this next chapter. Uh, we have a roadmap that is very imprecise because um, we kind of get to make it up as we go. That's part of the glory. Uh, and that's the, the messiness of community. Uh, this passage, it's a vision of the future, uh, but it's also deeply grounding in the present, isn't it? Uh, it's... It's the reality that we're working towards. Um, so I encourage you, uh, as this week goes on, uh, jump into Revelation. Read 21 and 22 over and over again. Um, get your heads around it. Start reflecting on it. Um, because uh, as a church, we're going to be reflecting this as much as possible. Uh, P.S. A little logo, little N, 
through the middle of it, there's a little river. Look closely. Because we, we, we want to see this in everything um, from the very get-go. Can I pray for us? Uh, can I pray for us that we would be this kind of people? Let me pray. God, you, you are the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the, the one who was and is and is to come. Jesus, through you and by you and for you, all things were created. And one day we will stand at the throne of God and the throne of the Lamb and worship. And from that throne will flow a river and lining that river will be trees of life. And that life will bring healing to the nations. God, we're a small group of people, but we long for the healing of the nations. We're a small group of people, but we long for justice for all to be equal. God, we're a small group of people, but our worship is true. And God, we thank you that as we gather, we are truly your people, siblings of the Most High God, co-heirs of the eternal riches of your kingdom. God, we thank you that we have a future that is sure. We thank you that we have a hope to look forward to. And God, we ask that that even now, as we start thinking about what new city is going to look like, God, we pray that you would inspire us, challenge us, grow us. And God, we look forward to the day in uh, 10 years' time. That's a fairly, fairly arbitrary number. In 10 years' time, where we look back and we are just in awe of what you've done. As we have... Uh, seen your presence bring healing to so many. God, thank you that we get to start it here. We look forward to that future that you have for us. Amen. Amen. Amen.